uh, I asked the brother to uh, sing that song for me, and uh, he couldn't find it. And so he, uh, Wednesday, went, yeah, Wednesday, he told, he told me, he said, if I get it, I'm going to sing it, brother. I said, okay. And uh, I'm thinking to myself, I get all nervous when the Lord calls and tells me to preach in three days. I'd hate to know I had to get a song ready in three days. So y'all give him a hand for doing that. I want you to meet somebody this morning in the Bible. I know we like uh, we like Peter and we like Paul and we like David and we like Abraham and we like Moses. All of those old uh, uh, testament. I want to share with you another man this morning who is probably my favorite person in the Bible. He was in. Uh, if you have your Bibles, turn to Numbers chapter fourteen. And we'll read the verse here in a minute. But he was in slavery in Egypt. And he was being whipped because of, uh, of who he was. Nothing had he ever done. And he struggled. And he was having to make bricks out of straw and hay. And the taskmasters were making him work. And in one day... God provided for the children of Israel to get out of Egypt. And so, he was on his way to the promised land. You see, for you and I, God has to get us out of one place to get us to the next place. Once you and I were lost in sin, and so Jesus came and died, and he brought us out of that. And he's got something great for each and every one of us. Now, Caleb didn't know what was going to happen. What he understood was he was no longer where he had been. He was going somewhere with excitement in his eyes. And he was 40 years old at the time. And so Moses picked out one man from each tribe, and Caleb happened to be that man, and said, I want you to go check out the promised land. You see, God always gives us a picture. Christian, let me share something with you. God does not send us blindly into the place that He wants us to go. And so, Caleb goes with the rest of them, him and Joshua, and they come back, and ten of them said, we can't make it. Now, let me throw something else out here. That's the going back to Egypt crowd. Don't get hung up with the going back to Egypt crowd. Because if you do, you're going to have to suffer. And so, Caleb said, hey... This, that's the best place I've ever been. I'm just paraphrasing it a little bit. That's the best place that I've ever been in my life. If God says we can do it, then we can do it. That was his outlook. Okay? And so, here's what God tells uh, uh, Moses to tell Caleb. Uh, verse 24, chapter 14 of Numbers. But my servant Caleb, because he hath another spirit with him, 
or a different spirit. Listen, God wants you and I, we are not to have the spirit of this world or the spirit where we were. Okay? God has a different spirit for us. And one of the places that it shows up very plainly in our lives is the way that we worship and trust God. And so God says, my man Caleb, he has a different spirit. He looks at things different. Boy, it's tough if you're a child of God and you're still playing around in the world and looking at the way the world looks at things. You're never going to be that happy Christian. And so Caleb says, I'm with God. I'm going to follow God. And so, God, let's finish the verse. And it says, And have followed me fully. Him will I... Uh, I'm getting blind, folks. Him will I bring into the land where into he went, and his seed shall possess it. Because one man made a decision. Now, we're going to share with you. He had, he had to walk 45 with the going back to Egypt crowd. He was 85 before he got there. But God says, I got something. Not just for Caleb, daddies and grandpas in this service this morning. I got something for your family. I've got something special that you would have never imagined in your life if you'd just come and follow me, as the verse says, fully with a, with a different spirit. Now I turn to Joshua chapter 14. It'll be up on the board. It says, And now, behold, the Lord has kept me alive. This is Caleb talking. He brought 45 uh, years in a desert with, with the going back to Egypt crowd. He knows God's got something for him. Now he's 85 years old. God gave him a promise. And you know something? Caleb wanted the promise that God gives him. Now, I'm going to stop here a minute because this is important. If you and I, as God's children, would just grab a hold of what God has promised us, you say, but God, well, God hadn't promised me anything. Oh, yeah, He has. He's not only promised me heaven, He's promised that He's going to walk with me all the days of my life. He's promised me that, that I can do all things through Christ who strengthen me. I have promises as a child of God in my life. And so Caleb said, hey, I'm 85, I don't care. Now I want to share something with you young people. This ain't an old people sermon this morning. Okay, and I'll share that with you here in a little bit. But it says, uh, it kept me alive in these 45 years <coughs> ever since the Lord spake his word unto Moses while the children of Israel wandered in the wilderness. And now, lo, I am this day four score and five years old, 85. And yet I am as a strong uh, this day as I was in the day that Moses sent me. Now, let me stop here. How come? God's people who have been saved by the grace of God, who have been washed in the, in the blood of the Lamb, who have the Holy Spirit in their life. Why in the world do God's people go around like this is their last day? Oh, I got to go to church and I got to put up for the kids. I got to listen to the preacher. I got. I need to rest. I need to do this. I got a job to go to tomorrow. Oh, me. Oh, my. It's so pitiful. I'm living such a pitiful life. Well, 
The opposite of that, if I'm a child of God, is to go back to Egypt where I started. Now, if you want to get some waiting in your life, you can return back to Egypt. Now, you say, but Dougie, am I lost? No. Nobody's lost. But you wind up back in Egypt and you'd be crying a bunch of big tears and you'd be saying to yourself, Oh, me, oh, my. Why did I not trust God? Why did I just be like Caleb and make a decision that I'm going to follow God fully? I'm going to listen to Him. I'm going to let Him energize my life. I'm going to let Him strengthen me. I'm going to let Him give me the answers. He's, I'm going to let Him give me the abundant life that I was made for. This is what God made me for, the abundant life. He didn't make me for a life that is, oh, me, oh, my. You know what Lanelle tells me when I, uh, I act like that sometimes? Put your big britches on. And it's time for God's people to put their big britches on. And then I'll, I'll get to hear the music, okay? And then it says, And yet I am strong as the day I was in the day that Moses hit me, and my strength was then, even so is my strength now for war, both for to go out and come in. The Caleb said, I'm strong enough now. I can live a life of peace, or I can fight them suckers. How many of y'all are using a walker as a Christian? Spiritually, I'm not talking about physically. It's crippling through life, hoping things will change. The only time it's going to change is what I understand. I can live my life peaceably, or I can go out and fight the devil if I need to. That I can get on the firing line. That I can get in the place that God has got me. And that's where that's where Caleb was at. Listen, he's saying, I've walked all these years, and I'm not going to let nobody keep me from having the, the, the strength and the love and the presence that God says I can have as a child of God. I'll fight him to the death. He did it. And Daddy, Grandpa's going to share something this morning. You better teach your children, grandchildren that. Because this country is coming to a place one day they're going to have to fight for their faith. And then it says in verse 12, Now therefore give me this mountain where, uh, of the Lord's faith in that day that thou heardest in the day how the Amicans were there and that the, the cities were great and thin. If so be the Lord will give it to me, then I shall be able to drive them out as, I want you to underline that, as the Lord said. Caleb was a man who followed God unconditionally in his life. He never forgot his goal. Christian, let me ask you something this morning. Have you got a goal? Oh, good, good. Here's what I'm doing. I'm, I'm just a, I'm just saved and, and I really know what's going on and and I'm just going to sit down here, and it's okay to sit if you get up one day. But I'm just going to sit here, 
and, and you know, I've been bombarded on this side, and I've been bombarded on this side, and I'm just so down, and I'm just going to sit here, and I hope the Lord comes by someday. You know what? How come you and I have got people, don't climb out on that uh, uh, limb like God, Zacchaeus did, and, and wait for the Lord to come by, and get ready to receive what God has for us. And that's, and that's what Caleb said. I'm going for it. I'm going for it. But understand something. God had already promised it to him 45 years before him. <laughs> and that's what God has done for us. So I'm going to go through three quick things this morning. How was Caleb's life? In other words, he was willing to, to wait. She's going to put verse 10 up there and say, And now, behold, the Lord hath kept me alive, as he said, these 45 years, even since the Lord spake the word unto Moses, while the children of Israel wandered in the wilderness. And now, Lord, I'm on this day, four score uh, five years. He, what he's saying, I waited. Are you willing to wait for what God has for you? Now, here's what we'll do. God will speak to our hearts. And He promises something. And then we want to see Him. You know, now sometimes God has to prepare us. I was thinking, I was thinking as I was studying for this message, Caleb, I wonder if he thought through his mind those 45 years while he was in the desert, I know that God has promised this land to me. I know what the cities were because I saw them. So here's what I'm going to do. Instead of whining to God because it's so long, I'm going to start preparing myself for the day that God is going to give me what He promised me to do. The reason you and I as Christians sometimes can't handle what God has promised us is we have not prepared ourselves for the promise when it comes. Whatever it is that God has given you and I. Now listen, understand something. It comes from heaven. We're not playing on earth stuff down here. Okay? This comes from heaven. This comes from the throne of God. Your life is so important that He sent His Son to die for you. But it's also important because He's got something from His throne of grace that He wants you to have. And I was thinking, God, how much stuff have I, Brother Doug, a pastor, how much stuff have I missed that you wanted to give me because I wasn't prepared to get it. Now, somebody's thinking in their mind right now, well, if God said it, He's going to make sure it happens. Yes, He's going to make sure it happens. But you and I are not supposed to be lazy as, child, as God's children. Okay? We need to start preparing ourselves. Now, all them people that was in His tribe, they died. Now, think about that a minute. They died in the wilderness. Because they didn't believe. And so, he had to start over. All those below 20, I mean above 20 died. So he had to start preparing with something from scratch. And when you read that verse 10, he's ready to go. 
He's ready to go. He walked along beside people who had no faith. The God that I just wish people at the church had more faith. Well, then get in there and work and help us get confidence. Okay? Nobody like to walk with people who have no faith. But Caleb did. He never gave up. He never got despondent. He never grew cynical. He never grew bitter. He never lost sight of God's promise for his life. He never grew hard. Suffering alongside with others for something that he had that he did not do. It was not his fault. Now I'm going to share something with you. I want everybody to get this, okay? You're going to suffer because of some other Christian things that they get into. Okay? Listen, folks, this church ain't perfect. If it was, we wouldn't be in it. So I wouldn't be. Nobody's perfect. But when God gives you and I a promise of something, Whatever happens around you does not affect what God promises to you. So you and I will have to suffer with God's people sometimes. That's part of living. That's part of life. There is no perfect church. There is no perfect person. And every one of us need to understand. To not get bitter, not to give up, and not to quit. And that's what, that's what Caleb, Caleb did. Isaiah 30, 18 says, The Lord longs to be gracious to you. Blessed are all who wait on Him. Waiting on God is difficult sometimes. Distraction uh, and, and things pull us away. Oh, God, come on. Come on. Give it to me now. Give it to me now. I gotta have it. And we're like my little great grandson. That don't mean I'm lost. That means I just need to grow up sometimes. Are you ready to fight? Are you ready to fight for this church? Are you ready to fight for your brothers and sisters? Number two. Always be ready for a challenge. That's what it says in verse 11. And yet I am as strong this day as I was in the day that Moses bore. I wish I had his back. And sent me as my strength was then, even so in my strength now, for war both to go in and to come out. Peter was essentially saying, I'm ready, God, for the challenge that you give me. Uh oh. A promise is not supposed to be a challenge, is it? You bet you booties it is. That's the way we grow. Caleb saying, God, give me a job. The cities that were walled in, the guys up there were giants. It's up on a mountaintop. That's the reason I have some brothers singing songs. You know, God's going to send your mountain to you. What are you going to do with it? Oh, I got, I got, uh, uh, I'll let somebody else have that. that. That's too hard to climb that mountain. But you see, we grow 
as we climb over the bumps of the mountain. Lesson number two. God's not always going to make it easy for you. Why? Because again, I won't grow. Give me an enemy to conquer, Caleb said. I'm ready for a new challenge. I've been walking with these, and all them people, God, that didn't believe in you, they're dead now. I've been walking in this dirt, in this sand, in this wilderness, and I'm ready for something else. Don't, I don't, are you ready for a challenge? Do you have a challenge? If you don't have a challenge, you're going to grow old. You're going to prune up. You're going to waste away. You're going to soak and you're going to sour. And that just ain't for old people, okay? I know some young people in my lifetime who were older than I was. I hope I'm 85 just like Caleb Mom right here beside Brother Joel. Matter of fact, I hope I'm I hope I'm 95 and I'm by, beside Brother George and he's using the walker and I'm still going. I'm, I want to sing him one time. The young boy came to his grandfather after the first snow. And he said, Grandpa, he said, I'm going to shove you a path to the street. And the grandpa looked at him and said, You're too small, and your shovel's too small. Give it. And so the grandson walked out of the house. He started shoveling. In two or three hours, he came back to his grandpa, and he opened his grandpa opened the door, and he said, See, grandpa, I've got your way shovel to the street. He said, Grandpa, the reason I have a small shovel is because it fits me. You see, all God asks you to do is pick up your shovel. Whatever fits you. And He's going to use the gift that He's given you to encourage, to uplift, to help this church grow, whatever it is. Just because you and I got a little shovel doesn't mean we can't do something. The deal is we don't have the challenge and we don't have the goal to get there. So we look at the shovel and we say, God, I need I need more than a shovel. I need a backhoe or something to do this. And God says, no, Brother Doug, all you need is that little shovel you've got and step out on faith and see me work. Because I can change all things. And guess what, Brother Doug? I can change you if you'll just pick up your shovel and go to work. You don't have to be old. We've got a church to build. And we will have to fight the giants. And the more we trust God and follow His assignments for our lives, the more our children and grandchildren will be blessed. Stay on track with the Lord. The third thing, 
he was determined yet dependent. Look at the last part of verse 12. Amicans were that day, how the Amicans were there, and that the cities were great and, and thin. If so be the Lord will be with me, then I shall be able to drive them out as the Lord said. You see, Caleb understood something. He hadn't forgot back in Egypt when all those things were happening. When the water was being turned to blood and the locusts were coming. And he remembered the death angel that had come the night before the children of Israel were able to leave the Egypt. He remembered all those things. And so he was looking at the mountaintop. And he, could, and he also could remember the giants. But his main focus was on what God had done in the past. Christian, let me share something with you. When God does something special for you, write it down. And remember it. Because the remembering sometimes are the things that make us move forward with God. Paul said, I can do all things. How? Through Christ, who strengthens me. Depend upon His Word. We grasp what He says to us and hold on tightly. I, I waited 12 years before I finally surrendered to preach. You got it right, brother. And, uh, and so, and one day I said, and I had her no more. So now that didn't, didn't want to be a preacher's wife. She grew up in a Baptist church. She knew how preachers were treated sometimes. I don't want none of that. So I just went up. I didn't even tell her I was going up that night. I stepped out and I said, well, here's what's going to happen. She's going to sit with me. She's going to leave me. But I've been through so much hell. I'm tired. And then, and I said, God, I don't know how this is going to work. And so I prepared a, a, a sermon. Didn't have the computer back there. You couldn't go to the computer get the sermon off, offline. You had, to, you, know, you had to get it. And I, and it was about, I said, man, I'm going to preach out. I preached ten A little bit of young, a young lady come up and say, but besides that, I understood something. I think if God's going to be with me, I go to go, I have to go to work. I picked up every book I could find to study, to learn more. Because, see, I wouldn't say for us to something to So I had to get busy and read it. There's no good preacher that doesn't read. But everything God has promised me and my family has come to pass. Hold on. 
hold it to your heart. That thing that God has for you. Because it's what puts the zing in your life. I don't care if you're 20 years old or you're 85. Hold on to it. That's what God has given you. And it's life changing. Caleb understood and he committed himself and he acted on it. Whether, whether God's promise comes our way tomorrow or we have to wait 25 years. Hold on to it. I don't know where you're at this morning. I don't know what you're facing. You may need to be in the service you are. If you are, today is the day of salvation. I'm not going to be one of these scary preachers, but we're not promised tomorrow. They're promised now, unless we invite us this now. You may be in this service and you feel like you need to join this church. Become a part of it. Come in. Go to work for the Lord. You need to come up. You may need to come to this altar. Now I'm going to say two things about that because I'm like Brother George. Every time somebody comes to the altar, people think they've got sin in their life. You may have. You need to come. But maybe you want to come and just say, God, I love you today. And I know I've done it sometimes. But I need you in my life. I need the gold that you have for my life. If you read over and a little bit more in these verses, it tells about Caleb giving land to his children and grandchildren. He climbed a mountain at 85. He won. All because 45 years back, he remembered the promise of God. Here he is walking in the wilderness. Eating manna, uh, surviving, God taking care of him, and every step I believe he made. He's never God's promise. He's never God's promise. What's God's promise to you? Brother, I can't talk to you anything. I'm all sick of something. You know what it is. There's no child of God saved that God has to put a promise in the heart. Nobody. Who do you have to do? But Gary and Tracy come. And I'll not hold the invitation long. But you come today. Not for me. Not for Brother George. Not for this church. Not because somebody's expecting you to do it. You come because God wants you to come, and you know that you're promising. As you're saying, everyone stands.